It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On NBA Fantasy Minute is presented by Price Picks. Price Picks is the most fun you can have playing daily fantasy basketball and winning up to 25 times your money. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. We are very much in the thick of the fantasy basketball playoffs. You might be starting it this week, you might be already in it, it might be a week away. And at this point of the year, with only five weeks left in the entire regular season, Playing the schedule is the most important thing. So this week, the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Los Angeles Lakers play two games only. So any fringe players you have from those teams, even guys, yes, like Kyle Anderson replacing Kyle Anthony Towns, that's not worth it with two games on. You need to be stacking extra games and you need to be looking at the teams with four games. You need to be looking at teams with games early in the week and then switching them out for teams with more games later in the week. Get more games in, play the schedule, be cutthroat with injuries and get players in to get yourself success for fantasy basketball. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. One for three. One for three? Yeah, or one and that's two? That's what I meant. One for three. Oh, one for three. Yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> USC, baby. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to episode number 717 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday. Yeah, that's what day it is, May 21st. Uh, I'm your host, Sean Woodley, RaptorsHQ.com, and the uh, Basketball Podcast, which uh, is uh, releasing new episodes every Thursday on the Stringer Labs Podcast Network. And of course, this month on the Locked On Podcast Network is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bars are awesome. Go to BuiltBar.com to get $10 off your first order. We'll talk more about them later on in the show. On today's show, though, I'm pretty excited for today's guest because it kind of intersects a couple of my uh, my main interests. I, of course, cover the Raptors extensively, but I also do play-by-play work for the Canadian Elite Basketball League, which is it's in its second season or on the verge of its second season, whenever the hell we're allowed to go back to normal here. And I really believe strongly in this league. I think it's really great. I think the talent in the league, especially which was announced this week with the, with the rosters for the 2020 season being announced. I'd like the talent's fantastic. Lots of guys you would know, national teamers, Raptors 905 connections all over the place. And it's just a great league that I'm really excited to talk about with today's guest, who is uh, an assistant coach with Raptors 905 for the last three seasons. And this week was named the head coach of the Hamilton Honey Badgers, the second head coach in team history, taking over for Chantal Valet. And I, uh, we had Chantal on the podcast last year, and why not keep the tradition going with Hamilton Honey Badgers head coaches? Joining me on today's show is the new coach of the Honey Badgers in Hamilton of the CEBL. It is Ryan Schmidt. Ryan, how are you? 
I'm good, Sean. How are you? I'm doing great, man. I'm really happy to have you on the show today and uh, excited to sort of dive into your journey into the league, some stuff about the 905 as well. We'll get to that in a sec, but first I kind of want to start. I think your approach and your sort of perspective on the Canadian Elite Basketball League is an interesting one to consider because, you know, this is a league that is only in its second season. It's very new, and I feel like a lot of the listeners to this show, who are Raptors fans more than anything, might be kind of in a similar situation that you might have been in, you know, the last year or so, sort of knowing the league exists, not really sure what to make of it, and, you know, not really sure of how serious it all was. I'm curious, Ryan, you take the job this week. Jermaine Anderson, of course, the Canadian national team legend, the GM of the Honey Badgers, brings you on board to be the coach after himself working with 905 as a consultant this season. What was it about the CEBL that kind of sold you and and made it so this this felt like the right next move for you in your career? Yeah, I think overall, like the actual final selling point for me was just the people that are involved with the league. I Mm -hmm. think when you kind of, you dive into everything and you start doing the research, you start looking into the teams and the players, and obviously they had the, the inaugural season last year. There was a lot of good information out there, and there's a lot of positive you know, things that you see and read about and, and are able to watch. Um, but I think at the end of the day, when, you just, when I was making a decision and, and became really interested, it, it all came down to the people that were involved, and that's obviously Jermaine and I have a great relationship. I'm uh, getting to know John Lashway. Um, you know, I haven't had a chance to meet him in person yet, but just Mike Morelli and you know, speak with him a little bit and, and seeing what the work that he's done. And then I think across the board, you start looking at the people that are involved with the other teams. You have a guy like Dave Smart, again, another guy I haven't had the, the privilege of meeting yet, but just, you know, his reputation speaks for itself and what he's done for, for Canada basketball up here. And um, being up here for the last three years, you start hearing about these people. And so when you get all of these guys with, you know, their, their reputations and the success they've had in previous places, and I'll get them all working together, um, to me, it was it was just a great, um, I think, just a, a great overall next step for me, um, and just uh, someone who I, you know I wanted to be a part of it and just kind of put my my print on it and help out as much as I could. Absolutely, and I think you know for people who don't know some of the names involved in the league, you mentioned Mike Morreale, the former CFL star. He's the CEO of the league. You've got John Lashway, who runs the Hamilton Honey Badgers, who was intricately involved in launching the Toronto Raptors back in 1995 and is you know doing a great job in Hamilton as well across the league you got Dave Smart who everybody knows if you are a basketball Canada follower uh you know a kind of a legend in the game when it comes to Carleton University and the national team you got Charles Kissy your colleague on the Raptors 905 bench which is pretty fun who's the head coach of the Guelph Nighthawks too and a bunch of players across the board that are familiar names you've got some 905 connections in Raptors not or in Hamilton as well with Dwayne Notice uh Mikhail McIntosh and Derek Cook Jr. all spending various amounts of time with the team in the last couple years here, all on board to play for the Hamilton Honey Badgers this season. A couple other announcements for players that have not yet been made official, but keep an eye out because some guys who you absolutely will know are going to be announced for these teams as well in the coming days, which is pretty exciting stuff. And it's just... I am blown away. I was pretty you know, uncertain at the start of it all as to... You know, there have been leagues in Canada before where it's like, okay, what's the direction here? What's the talent, you know, acquisition going to look like? Are they going to be able to recruit big-time names? And it's absolutely worked so far in the CEBL. And I think because of what you mentioned, the people that are involved at the top levels between Dave Smart and Mike Morreale, John Lashway, you know, Jermaine Anderson with Hamilton, I think it's uh, it's just the, the infrastructure is there to, you know, be put in place to attract big-time players. 
And I think we're only kind of in the infancy here as to the kind of quality that the league is going to have, you know, in terms of the Canadians that are involved. I would imagine in time, most of the best Canadians you see are going to be spending some amount of time in the CEBL. Um, Ryan, let's go to the Charles Kissy thing for a sec, because that's pretty fun. Charles Kissy, of course, took over last season as the head coach and GM of the Guelph Nighthawks, the team just up the road from where we are in Hamilton. And, you know, that's a, that's a fun little dynamic there. Has there been trash talk between you two about what's going to happen this season? Have you guys been comparing rosters and denigrating each other's teams? What's been the relationship like? What's been the conversation with Charles Kissy ever since he took the job? Yeah, no, it's been fun. Charles, Charles, and I have a great relationship, and he's uh, he's someone I consider a, a close friend. Um, and it, I've enjoyed working with him the last you know last two years, and and we bounce you know bounce ideas off each other. Obviously, we have have had the opportunity to work closely with one another, and it's been fun. Yeah, definitely. I think he was he was also very instrumental, like when this opportunity um, kind of presented itself, and I was kind of picking his brain as far as his experience. Obviously, him taking over, I think around the halfway point last year to finish out the year with Guelph and. Just his, his experience was kind of the same thing, just as, as far as like the way the league was ran. Um, and he enjoyed his time, and he was looking forward to, to going into year two. Um, but, yeah, there, there's been some friendly banter back and forth <laughs> a little bit. So, um, you know, obviously we're going to – it's going to be exciting. It'll be fun to play each other, and uh, we kind of joke around a little bit. Obviously, him and I kind of view the game very similarly in a, in a lot of ways. So we've kind of been joking about – um, basically going to be doing the same stuff to each other. <laughs> I look forward to seeing your games. That's going to be a lot of fun, especially since Guelph, if people aren't familiar, a bit of a tough season last year before Charles Cussie came in, a little bit more stability down the stretch, and they've assembled quite an interesting roster coming in to the second season of the league where they've kind of taken a bunch of free agent guys from other teams that were sort of, I, I guess, like bench players, six men, things like that, and brought them in to fill up the roster, and I'm looking forward to seeing how that all comes together. We are going to continue our conversation with Raptors 905 assistant and Hamilton Honey Badgers head coach Ryan Schmidt in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about Built Bar. Built Bars are fantastic. The best tasting protein bar you're ever going to try. It is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors. You've got 8 chocolate and nut flavors, 8 chocolate nut free flavors, as well as a bunch of new flavors on the way, including cookie dough, I believe, is one that's available on the site right now. Go check it out. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they're soft and easy to chew. Basically like a Mars bar. They're they're, they're wonderful. They're not gritty. They're not going to get stuck in your teeth. They are fantastic. They're also healthy for you as well. Built Bar is great for the health conscious person lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat bars are low calorie low sugar high protein and high fiber for example the peanut butter brownie flavor has 20 grams of protein 170 calories just three grams of sugar and three grams of net carbs whereas the mint brownie flavor has 15 grams of protein 110 calories four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs on the whole Built Bars have seven times less sugar than Cliff Bars. That is bonkers. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. You're going to get $10 off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON, all one word, at for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. And thank you to Built Bar for sponsoring the network this month. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, you know, you and Charles obviously have deep roots with Raptors 905, you know, Coach Jama, the entire Raptors organization. I think it's very clear, and it's been sort of a mandate since the 905 came into existence, that there's always going to be synergy between the 905 and the big club. And it doesn't really feel as though it's two segregated teams. It's two teams that are very much in line, that highway between Hershey Center and, or I guess Paramount Fine Food Center and Scotiabank Arena is constantly open. There's constant communication. There's implementation of the same ideas and strategies and things like that. Ryan, I'm curious sort of what your relationship has been like with the Raptors, with Nick Nurse, for example. How does that work? What's the sort of inner working of that sort of conversation back and forth? And how has that helped shape you as a coach? Uh, as far as helping shape me as a coach, it's been it's been awesome. Uh, I, you, know, you can't really ask for a, a better situation being an assistant you know, in the G League with the 905, but also having the parent club right up the road. Uh, and it's also been a big part of my role and responsibility the last two years where I've got kind of been responsible for you know, handling and managing the, the you know development of our two-way players mm-hmm. as well as any assignment guys that get sent down. So so my communication with the coaching staff in the front office is, is pretty regular, which is which has been great. And I think too, just to kind of touch on you know what you talked about, just the relationship in general. Jama has, has done a great job, and I think with his background, obviously being an assistant coach with the Raptors for for so many years. And then now taking the or when he did take the position as head coach, I think it, it also helped with the synergy uh, between the two clubs and and getting all of us kind of working even more closely than they were than we were originally, which has been great. Um, but overall, yeah, I think it's just the relationship is has been a lot of fun for us as a staff because of like kind of when our season is over with uh, the G League season that is, you know, we'll be over with the the Raptor staff, you know, helping with pre-draft workouts. We help a lot with the summer workouts and off-season program that they do which also leads into the fall prior to training camp. And as a, as a coach, I mean, you can't ask for a better situation because now you know, we, have, we have a great staff with our 905 and there's a lot of diversity and, and different backgrounds that, that our staff comes from. But then now you get to go and sit in staff meetings and, and be on the court and working with guys, um, you know, like Jim Sand, who's been in the NBA for a long time and has got a lot of experience, and Patrick Matumbo and Nate Bjorkgren and Sergio Scariola. Like, you start going down the list of, of, along with, obviously, at the head of the helm is Nick Nurse with all this experience and, and you know knowledge of wealth that, that they have. It's, it's it's pretty fun. And I think as far as like helping me as a coach these last three years, um, you couldn't ask for a better situation. What was your sort of seat like last year during the, the finals run and in, in the playoffs? Like, how were you involved in that? Obviously, the 905 season would have been over by then. Um, but so how did you how did your role sort of evolve as the playoffs kind of kicked into high gear? Yeah, we we as a staff of the 905, it was kind of, it was pretty cool. So what we did was we kind of put on the hat. So JAMA was was there on a day to day basis with the team, um, and all of all of us as assistants were. It was kind of more of a behind the scenes role mm-hmm. during the playoffs. And but we were able to kind of we basically put on the hat of if we we're the opposing team uh, coaching staff. So obviously in the first round, 
with the Orlando Magic, like after we, you know, watch the game. And then we would come back with kind of a game plan, like, okay, if, if we were the Orlando Magic staff, like Steve Clifford's staff, how would we counter? How would we adjust? How would we do these certain things? And kind of put together reports that would end up going to Nick and his staff that they could kind of look through. Um, but it was, it was pretty, that, that exercise alone was a lot of fun for us. And then also it kind of just gave um, a little bit different perspective for, for Nick and his staff as they kind of went game to game with the planning phase. That's awesome. That's a really cool thing, and I'm I'm that's I'm psyched for you that you got to be part of that in some way. That 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 must have been a career highlight so far for you. Um, uh, Nick Nurse is such a fascinating guy, and I I wonder how sort of his path is going to affect how different you know te- teams and leagues look at you know the, where they bring their coaches in from. And, and you know Nurse obviously with the, such a a wide background going to England and, and coaching in college a little bit, and then obviously the G League success he had. I feel like that sort of circuitous path is sort of a benefit for him, right? Because it gives him all these different experiences. And, you know, we we joke, and Kawhi Leonard even joked last year about all the titles he won in England. But at the same time, like, that stuff matters. And that's, like, legitimate real experience. And the sort of trying, like, the trying nature of working in these leagues and sort of dealing with rosters that are changing on, on the daily or maybe not loaded with crazy talent that must really help a coach flex their their muscles a little bit. So I'm curious, Ryan, for you, has the sort of path for you as a coach, just sort of thinking about how you want to advance throughout the the, the ranks of pro basketball, has that has your view on that changed at all because of what Nick Nurse's success in the past sort of led to? And is that in any way tied to your interest in taking on the CEBL job, which obviously it's not a league that has a long track record of, of greatness or anything like that. It's still very new. But do you think the sort of the, the strange nature of a shortened summer league season where rosters are going to be, you know, variable and a little bit unpredictable, do you think that's going to help you in terms of building that resume for down the line when you hopefully are in line for NBA head coaching jobs? and things like that 100 percent. i think it, you know I, I think i wouldn't say it's um persuaded me or done anything different i think to me it's, it's more so kind of confirmed my original um belief and, and thoughts and kind of the path that i've been on as a coach i was a you know, high school head coach for four years prior to getting hired up here and and i think getting that head coaching experience is so valuable and it was it was really interesting to me when I first had a chance to spend time with nick and i believe it was actually one of the first staff meetings that he had once he uh, got the head coaching job with the Raptors, and he really um, put the value on on coaches having head coaching experience. And obviously, you know, you, everyone knows his background is familiar with his journey. And when you look at it and then look at how he how he's developed his philosophy through his experiences, it's really unique and special, I think. And and to me, it's been something I've followed pretty closely. Even back when I was, I remember seeing him uh, coaching in the in the G League at the time when I was a high school head coach and. You kind of again, you start hearing stories and then listening to interviews and all that stuff. So it was kind of a you know full circle moment when I had a chance to to get up here and, and meet him and spend a little time with him and have conversations with him. But um, to kind of answer your question about this job with with Hamilton, one hundred percent, I think it's, it has a lot to do with it, and I think it's really instrumental as far as like moving forward and, and being able to get that experience is is very valuable and it's hard to come by. Mm-hmm. And and that was when when it the opportunity presented itself. To me, it was it was a no brainer because you can't just get head coaching experience wherever. And so, when when the opportunity presented itself, I was obviously very excited, and, and I think it's going to be huge as far as my development as a coach overall and, and moving forward. 
We're going to wrap up our conversation with Ryan Schmidt in just a second. But first, I want to tell you about Blinkist, which is just about to be the most useful app on your phone. It's hard to find the time to sit down to read and learn more, especially right now. Yes, you're at home, but you got your kids to deal with, your homeschooling, you're working from home, Zoom calls for days. There's an incredible app, though, that solves the problem of not having enough time for personal development, and I highly recommend it. It is called Blinkist. Blinkist is unique and works on your phone, your tablet, or your web browser. Blinkist takes the best key takeaway the need-to-know info from thousands of nonfiction books and condenses them down into just 15 minutes that you can read or listen to. Successful people like business leaders are well-known for reading a lot of books. Blinkist is made for busy people like you who want to get the main points of a book quickly so you can start using that info right away. And then with its audio feature, Blinkist makes it easy to finish a book during your commute, while you're cooking food, on your lunch break, while you're exercising. 12 million people are using Blinkist right now, and it has a massive and growing library from self-help, business, and health to history books. Blinkist has the latest titles from bestsellers lists as well as the classic nonfiction titles you always meant to read, but you never had time to do it. I like Blinkist because it makes it easy. Sometimes I don't want to read an entire scribe 600 words long about American history. I just want a, you know, a little download of information. The main stuff from a book helps you get through more books and save time for the fiction stories you want to read while also getting the info and the knowledge from the nonfiction titles that you love. Popular books right now include Upheaval, Turning Points for Nations in Crisis by Jared Diamond, very apt at the moment, and Becoming by Michelle Obama. Whereas on the sports side of things, you've got The Sports Gene by David Epstein, as well as Tiger Woods by Jeff Benedict. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to read and listen to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want for one low price right now. For a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience, too. Go to Blinkist.com NBA and try it for free for seven days and save 25% off your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, dot com slash NBA to start your free seven-day trial. You're also going to save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com slash NBA. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We'd be remiss if we didn't talk a little bit about the Raptors 905 season that unfortunately came to an unceremonious end, especially considering you guys really seem to be on a bit of a run near the end of the season where, if I'm not mistaken, you were a game or half game out of the playoffs after being well out of it, going on a nice run after the team kind of stabilized, kind of after the addition of Henry Ellenson, I would say was kind of the turning point for you guys. Um, let's first focus on the two-way guys, Ryan. Paul Watson and O'Shea Brissett. 
you know, Brissett obviously got a lot more run with the actual Raptors this season. Paul Watson is still looking for that first NBA bucket, which uh, to me is one of the most compelling storylines of the season with all the, the close calls he's had both in Atlanta and in Toronto when he's gotten in uh, for a couple minutes here and there. Um, but I'm curious, let's start with O'Shea because he is sort of the guy that stands out. He's the Canadian. He, he got some run in some games where he played pretty well and helped swing a couple games there for the Raptors. I think that Celtics game in December uh, after Christmas was one that really stood out to me. Um, in terms of you know O'Shea's development, it's kind of been a weird year for him, right? Because the roles are so vastly different when he's with the Raptors, where he's this energy big who's coming in to you know play switchable defense and you know rebound and not do really anything on offense other than just get garbage points here and there. Whereas with the 905, he's sort of taking on a different role. He's got the ball in his hands more. He's you know he's got a much higher usage rate. He's trying his hand at shooting threes, 4.4 attempts a game. The the percentage is not quite there, but it did start to come up near the end of the season, and he's just got a lot more on his plate. For you, what is the sort of challenge in coaching a guy like that? You know, you said you have a lot of responsibility with the two-way guys, and when their roles are so different between the big club and and the 905, sort of in contrast to, say, a Malcolm Miller, who kind of is always a 3-and-D wing no matter where he plays, that's got to be a pretty difficult challenge for you to sort of balance and, and, you know, figure out the right things to be teaching a guy, no? Yeah, no, it's 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 fun, man. This is, this is the stuff I really enjoy, and O'Shea... It, it was a lot of fun. Him and I worked really closely together, obviously, but even going back to the summer, um, prior to him even signing his, his deal with the Raptors as, a, as an undrafted free agent, you know, I do a little bit of work with uh, Canada Basketball in the summers and, and their training center where they got guys coming in and working out. And O'Shea was one of those guys, and that's kind of where our relationship started and, and developed from there. And just to see his growth, you know, going from where he was with the, the Clippers in Summer League and didn't have a, a great performance in Summer League, and and then the Raptors end up picking him up to, for someone to bring in through the summer and take a look at as a potential roster guy, two-way, um, kind of just, you know, we're going to see where he was at. And from seeing where he where he was uh, in the summer to where he is now is, is a huge credit to him and the work that he puts in uh, and his whole approach with his attitude. And it was, it was, it was very unique for him because it is two different, two different roles. I and mean, when he was with the Raptors, it was go in, play defense, rebound, maybe take and knock down an open shot if you get it but like you know for the most part bring your energy bring your athleticism and bring your effort and then with us like I think that was the balancing act that he needed to kind of find that he did a really really good job especially in the second half of the season where I think you really saw his growth was okay now he's with the 905 and yeah now you're a focal point now the ball is going to be in your hands and and getting him and helping him to understand you know making the right reads and, and being a decision maker with the ball in his hands and being a you know being a a facilitator for his, for his teammates, but also at the same time, you still got to bring that defensive mentality and the rebounding that makes you who you are that's gotten you on the floor in the NBA. So what do you think of the next steps for O'Shea moving into you know the next season? I'm not sure what his lot's going to be. I know his 45 days are close to, if not entirely, up with the team, and I have no idea how they're going to approach two-way guys if and when they do return and play basketball this season. That's one of the many, many logistical things you got to figure out, but... You know, assuming O'Shea gets a chance to stick around in Toronto, what are the next steps for him in terms of development that you think you know this summer or whatever the off season takes place is going to sort of have to be, uh, you know, what he's going to have to focus on whenever that does happen? Yeah, I, I think first and foremost, it's just going to be a shooting, which I think is, as the season progressed, uh, I don't know off the top of my head, I'd have to pull up the stats, but I want to say the last month and a half or so, he was shooting around the mid 30s uh, from the three point line in, in the G League. And so you can see the growth. And then you watch him shoot. Like he's got a, 
mechanically he's got a good looking shot and I think that's the one thing now at the okay if he can become a, a 33 to 35 percent three-point shooter um, can this kid play consistent minutes in the NBA and I think the answer is yes I think because of his his defensive versatility and he just has a knack for rebounding the ball especially on the offensive end from that wing position that's that's not very common and, and I think when you start to look at a guy from a to a potential guy who can come off the bench and bring those intangibles and then again, now can we get him to where he can knock down an open jump shot when the ball gets kicked out and rotated to him? Uh, I do. I think he's got a bright future. And, um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're waiting to see, um, you know, what happens after this whole, after the COVID-19 stuff and, and all how everything kind of moves forward. But as far as his future and his development, um, I think he's right on the cusp to, to having a, a really good career. And then Paul Watson, the other two-way guy for the team who was brought back to the 905 after signing a 10-day with Atlanta this season, uh, you know, a, an essential part of the 905 this season, leader in games played among the top scorers in the team. Uh, you know, he just was the usage guy as well, the late game scorer, things like that. Uh, obviously hasn't gotten a chance to flex his muscles too much in the NBA, but uh, there was a great piece written this week uh, by Blake Murphy over at The Athletic uh, talking to Rico Hines about Paul Watson and his development development and you know as a guy who's worked with him this season Ryan what have you been your impressions of Watson how has he developed since he first came in to the 905 at the start of the year and sort of where do you think his career projects from here you know Paul's Paul's got such a cool story and it's it's probably got to be one of the best stories in the G League this year Um, and you know obviously he was with Westchester the Westchester Knicks for the, the previous two years so obviously I had a chance to you know, watch him, and we scouted and played against him for two years prior to him coming to us. And Jamma and, and Charles Kissy, you know, deserve a lot of credit for this. So they both coached a, um, a G League kind of an all-star team that went down to Uruguay this summer, and Paul was a part of that team. And I remember Jamma when they came back from that, Jamma was raving about this kid and just said how he's such a great fit in our system. Um, obviously, a high-character kid who works hard. And, you know, but again, like you're kind of basing for me, it was funny because I, I would joke with Jamma that, you know, I, I can't remember Paul's numbers at Westchester, but they definitely weren't eye-popping by any means. Mm-hmm. And I think it really is just a true testament of, you know, a lot of these guys, it's so hard to make the NBA, obviously, and, and so much of it comes down to um, fit and timing. And, and Paul is a true testament of that, that he just, he fits our system and the style of basketball that we play here in Toronto. And when we brought him in, um, I mean, he hit the ground running. Obviously, there was some familiarity with the, the offense because of his time with Jam in the summer, and and it was just it was remarkable because here's a here's a guy that comes in and his obviously his usage goes up, and we go into the G League showcase and this guy's shooting 50% from three on a pretty high volume, and and so obviously eyes start opening and he was a I think he was a pretty sought after guy at the showcase and had a lot of eyes on him. Um, you know, shortly after as we know gets called up by Atlanta. And then after that, the Raptors decided to give him a two-way contract. So it was uh, it was a pretty fun season. It was fun to be a part of and, and kind of help him with all of this as the season progressed. And kind of the same thing. I think, you know, again, not to be sound too biased by any means, but I think he's got a bright future as well. And a lot of it is because he's got a skill set um, that, that fits here in Toronto as far as that he can space the floor. He's got good size as a wing, and he defends. And, and I think with his, his ability to shoot the ball, uh, in my opinion, that can get you on the floor. And I think it's just for for him now it is becoming it's it, you know being able to spend a summer in the development system, getting another coaching staff with the Raptors a little bit more because he hadn't spent as much time once the two way contract happened and then obviously this the pandemic uh, occurred after, shortly after. Um, but again, I think uh, getting him in the in the summer and in the fall, 
uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see him getting um, some minutes next year with the Raptors as well. Ryan, I got a few rapid fires here before we let you go. You played a season for the uh, Honolulu team in the American Basketball Association in 2009-10. You have also been part of the G League where bus trips are uh, notorious for being long and tiresome. My question to you, if you had to choose one of the things to do for the rest of time, travel on G League buses or fly from Honolulu to play games on mainland United States, what would you choose? Oh, tough question. I think the uh, the kicker for that one is if I was going to return back to Honolulu after games, I'd have to go with that one. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I think that's the correct answer. Uh, okay, there have been some very, very good dunkers in Raptors 905 history. Uh, obviously, this past season, Devin Robinson stands out, Justin Anderson before he moved on. Previous years, you've got guys like Chris Boucher, Wade Baldwin, I believe, was a pretty good dunker in the eight games or so he played for the team. Who is the best dunker you have seen in your time at Raptors 905? Uh, that to me, that's an easy one. Devin Robinson takes the cake. Right on. You weren't. Oh, so who's the guy? There was a guy a couple years back. I can't remember. He was like five foot six. You might know the name. He was in the dunk contest a bunch. He might have been before your time with the team. This is bothering me now. And the the, the John basketball. Jordan. Yes, that's the guy, John Jordan. Uh, yeah, he was. So he was before. <laughs> he was here the year before I got here. Right. Yeah. Uh, th- th- I would imagine he probably would be on the short list. Were you here at the time? Because that guy uh, was absurd to watch. Uh, Go to quarantine snack for Ryan Schmidt. Go to quarantine snack. I, I'm a, I'm a pretty healthy eater, man. I gotta admit, so I'm, not a snacker. <laughs> I'm such a bad eater. It's ridiculous. I I, I asked this question thinking people are going to have the same answer as me because I'm just like, yeah, fuzzy peaches, Reese's Pieces, popcorn chips, and I'm, because I'm a garbage man, uh, I, I'm not surprised that you're a far healthier individual than I am. There's nothing, though? No, I mean, I, it's, it's not really a snack, I'd say, but I'm, uh, if I do want to indulge a little bit, I'll do like an apple with peanut butter. Weak. <laughs> I know. I know. I know you, I knew you weren't going to like it. Apple with peanut butter, fruits and vegetables with your snack. Come on, dude. Uh, I I respect it. It's fine. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for for taking the time today, man. Congratulations on the new job with the Honey Badgers. Uh, uh, Congratulations on coaching the team with the best jerseys, maybe in North American professional sports. Do you have any, uh, have you gotten to like get some merch yet or anything like that? Because those jerseys kick ass. They're awesome, aren't they? No, I actually, I haven't had a chance to get anything yet, but I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to it. Yeah, I uh, I look forward to seeing those jerseys on the court with you on the sidelines. I look forward to you and Charles Kissy having some fun screaming matches together as you coach against one another in the league, all that stuff. And I look forward to chatting with you again. Ryan Schmidt, the uh, head coach of the Hamilton Honey Badgers and a 905 assistant. Thank you so much, man. Awesome. Thanks a lot, Sean. No problem. Uh, and thanks to everyone for tuning in today's show. Much appreciated. As always, please subscribe to Rate Review, this podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Keep an eye out for a new episode of uh, Basketball with myself and Katie Heindel as well, dropping Thursday afternoon. And uh, thanks again to Built Bar for sponsoring the podcast both today and for the entire month of March. Go to BuiltBar.com for $10 off your order with the promo code LOCKEDON. And uh, that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and we will talk to you again on friday with another episode of locked on raptors hey prime members 
You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.